welcome to the Caring for Carers series, episode two, Finding Your Groove as a Male Carer. In this episode, we speak with Samuel Eddy, an executive coach with Parents at Work, who works with men to support them transition to parenthood alongside a thriving career so that they can better manage work and family responsibilities. In addition to his experience as a counsellor, Sam has led and coached teams in some of the largest organisations in the UK and Australia. He has a wealth of corporate experience and has a passion for wellbeing, so really understands the demands and pressures placed on men today. Some of the topics Sam and I are going to cover in this podcast include facing fears as you start your caring journey as a man, dropping expectations and that's Superman syndrome, confidence in caring as a man, and taking the lead to claim your values and honour your personal needs, both in the workplace and at home. And Sam gives some great practical examples for both of these. So without further ado, here's another great podcast brought to you by Parents at Work. Welcome, Sam, and thank you for joining us today. Um, I just wanted to start off with a, a statistic that I found this morning, which said that um, in Australia there are approximately 272,000 men providing primary care to someone significant in their life, and around 927,000 men with caring responsibilities um, that are not the primary carer. So that's a, a lot of um, men caring. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I just wanted you to, I guess, tell us a bit about um, what you're seeing, what trends you're seeing in your practice with men and um, their increasing responsibilities as carers, because it seems that this is increasing more and more men are taking on those roles. Um, and be that as a dad, a carer, like a, an elderly parent um, and a family member with a disability. So what are some of the um, trends, challenges, um, even some of the opportunities they might be relishing in their new role as carer? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's such a good topic to talk about because I think the stats, as you say, they really illustrate what's happening out there in terms of men on a practical level starting to get more involved in caring, which obviously in the past hasn't been um, the tradition, if you like. But um, in terms of the work I do, I think it's the key thing to mention, and this comes up in the, in a lot of the coaching work I do, is that it's a real mindset shift. shift. So people are, particularly men, are just starting to get their head around more and more around the the fact that they can have this opportunity to care more, particularly for their children, um, on a full-time basis, even if it's just for a shorter period of time, but they might be doing it for six months, um, you know, a month or two, whatever it may be. But I think it's that real mindset set shift and that's really important because even though on a practical level, clearly women are still doing the majority of the, of the caring, if you like, I think things sustainable change happens over time. And I think the fact that male men are talking about it and it is translating into more practical caring, if you like. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest shift that people are able to start talking about it. They're considering it. They're like, okay, well, if I do take some time off to care for my kids, 
what does that mean for work? Um, what conversations am I going to have with my boss, my colleagues? What will that mean for my career? Um, what will the benefits be for my partner? Um, and then obviously, of course, for the kids as well. Um, so that's so it's it's a really interesting conversation. And that's kind of the biggest trend, I think, that, that strikes me with the work I do is that real change in the mental approach because that can be the biggest hurdle in my experience. And what do you think um, unique to men in particular, the, some of the challenges that they're facing with those um, tasks of taking that conversation to the workplace or even into their family, their own families? I think it's um, fear of the unknown and fear of doing something different is, is still there, um, fear of what people think. I think we're all prone to that really. Um, but the the typical image um, is for men is still that, you know, well, what about my career as it is for women? What will happen to my career? Um, we know that um, often women, when they go part-time, it can stall their career, for example, or it can um, have, unfortunately, some negative consequences. So I think those conversations are happening. But I, it's also really exciting because they're willing to have the conversations. They're willing to speak to their boss or their manager about it. Um, the program, such as, as parents at work, um, driving new conversations and making it a real option. I think it's making the conversations at home more and more easier to raise from either parent or either carer. So I think it's there's just a number of things happening for men um, that's enabling them to consider something that they haven't ever considered really before um so that's kind of the, the biggest thing that strikes me i think mm. what would you say like if you i mean you may have some examples um without obviously revealing names but some of the men that have come in that uh just feel feel that fear of actually bringing it to the table um what would you like offer them in terms of um, support and and advice, I guess? I think it's important to be able to talk to someone who's neutral because if you're talking to your partner, then obviously they have their own interests and understandably they might want you to care more for their child, not care more because they maybe want to do more of the primary caring um, or they may want to go back to their career. Um, and also talking to a manager or a boss can be hard because they've obviously got their own interests of running a business, getting work done. So the benefits of coaching, and I don't mean to just do a plug for coaching here, but the benefit I see when, when men get to talk to a neutral source, they start to pull out what the real practical um, hurdles are, um, separating that from their own fears. And they might go, well, actually, you know, it's only a couple of months you know, I'm going to trial doing it for a couple of months. It's no big deal. Um, you know, it'll be a great experience. I'm actually really looking forward to having the time off. Um, I know that in my karma moments, my career will be fine because I'll make it happen. Um, so it's around confidence that having those neutral conversations with someone who's not in, in it with them, not in their in situation, can help build confidence. So they can make the decisions they really want. They can figure out what's important to them. So actually it is important for me to spend time with my kids when they're young at home. 
Um, some men talk to me about the fact that they're not that confident around what they do with their kids um, on a full-time basis because often the, their partner's done a lot of that work. But at the same time, they want to feel more confident and they know this opportunity to care more for, with, for their kids is a great opportunity to build that confidence mm. um, and also share the mental load. Um, I often talk about this in my sessions with people around, you know, who's doing the mental organisation or the planning for the child as opposed to just practical pickups, drop-offs, that sort of stuff, um, mm. but who's doing the mental planning. So I think men have a different approach, generally speaking, to women, and I think it actually it works really well. I think the whole family benefits from it when men take over some of that responsibility. They might do it mm. differently. Um, it's good practice for their partner to let go of some of that as well. So it's kind of having that neutral space to talk about all these fears, um, build confidence so then you can make the decisions you really want and also just trial things. Nothing has to be permanent or forever. There's nothing wrong with trialing something and seeing how it goes. That's such great points. Um, I know Alex um, Laguna, who's one of the dads featured in the Aussie Dad series that we've been ta- promoting um, to, to highlight how much dads actually, dads in particular, um, I know we're talking about all carers, all men that are carers, but that how much they actually relish that caring role when they are kind of give themselves permission to go there with it. And yes. he said something along the lines of, you know, how incredibly hard it is when you, you know, can't just go for a surf or <laughs> just mm-hmm. do what you want because you've got, I mean, he's got four with one on the way. Um, so there's a lot going on there, but it's, it, he said he wouldn't give that up for anything because he knows that he's played, um, he's really taken parenting with kind of two hands and gone with it, you know, two reins and gone with it. So it, it's like um, from what you're saying, it's like that uh, looking at that fear um, is the first step, like being really honest that you even have that fear and it kind of claiming the value that you have around wanting to be a part of that. Absolutely. Um, and being okay with anybody that doesn't agree with that because we also know there's a lot of discrimination in the workplace against um men that are that are carers and I think the statistic is something like one in four experience it in that pregnancy first year of Mm. baby's life yep which for men that's incredible like for women it's 50 percent but still um knowing that only 5% of dads take parental leave in Australia, um, it is, it is. I mean, I call it a, a gap in the self-appreciation or, or really a, a gap in really valuing what they contribute because they're not then making the most of the support of what's on offer. So if they're not taking primary carers leave, yeah, absolutely. Um, then they're not really going, well, hang on. I, I want to be doing this, which is what we're seeing with the dads we're speaking to. Yes. Um, yeah. So I just, I guess the next question is what are some of the supports available for men um, who are carers, whether they're dads or carers of, of other family members? Um, I think there's lots of different support available and it really depends on what's relevant um, for them in the moment, if you like. Um, 
what sort of support they're wanting, what, what will work for them, what their style is like. Um, you know, we talk about coaching being available, um, talking to friends who can be uh, neutral, um, taking time and space to really um, talk about what it is you want, um, getting out of your own head. So as I said before, you can kind of allay those different fears um, and then work on what the practical realities of what you're experiencing is. Um, building networks of people, so talking to other carers is extremely important because you don't feel so isolated when that happens. Um, speaking to professionals where relevant is important, whether it be sort of counselling, psychologists, coaches, whatever it is, um, GPs, um, if things are becoming sort of stressful are, are important from a support perspective. Um, but I think it's all around building real confidence um, and knowing that you're an individual and you can kind of create the reality you want depending on how um, what your levels of confidence are. So that means that the more confident you are about making standing by your decisions to say take leave and care for someone um, and not apologizing for it, but doing it in a really positive way, I think people start to create their own own reality around this sort of stuff, whether it be men or women. So not apologizing for time you're taking off, um, enjoy talking about all the benefits and what you're enjoying about it is really positive because you remind yourself, but you're reminding everyone else and people can see your confidence. Confidence breeds confidence with other people. Um, the more examples we see of men caring, other men can see the benefits they're getting from it. Um, simply taking time away from the office can actually bring you more into the moment because kids are fully in the moment. If you're caring for kids, for example, they're on a completely different timeline as you kind of hinted to before, but it really breaks up that kind of everyday corporate thinking if you're in a corporate job and it can help you be, to be start, start to be more creative, more innovative, um, give you real perspective on what's important to you. Um, some people, you know, can have a um, real awakening in terms of what, where they want to take their career to next. So they can actually come back more refreshed, more excited, maybe do something part-time because they want to continue caring or, or do some consulting, whatever it may be. Um, or they may just be better managers at work when they come back because they, they're more able to cope with uncertainty, change, difference, all that sort of stuff. So it's um, it's quite exciting. So I always encourage people to leverage that support, um, having a regular check-in with someone, be it a friend, coach, whoever, so you can get out of your own head regularly, get perspective, and then start to build that confidence because the opportunities um, from what I've seen with clients can be so rewarding. It's such a great point as well about um, it, it's like almost if you just give it a go and and get out there and loud and proud about it. Yeah. It, um it's inspiring. It's a it, you're role modeling a lot, um, not just for you, for you, in your within your family, um, but also in the workplace. And we've heard from a lot of the dads that have taken parental leave that their where parental leave may have been really low, the uptake in in organ, their organisation after they've taken it, they've had countless people come up to them and say that's great and this you know the statistics within their organization has gone up because they've gone oh yeah I can do this I can actually you know enjoy this benefit as well you know mm. um, well, one client was talking to me about um 
how much he was enjoying the caring responsibilities so much um, and a part, his partner had gone back to work. And then it got to a point where they were almost fighting over who was going to spend more time at home, which was fantastic <laughs> because that was yeah. you know, um, something you don't hear that often. I'm sure it probably happens more, but we just don't hear about it. And so that was a great story to hear because it really shows you um, how it can readjust priorities and make what you do at home enjoyable, but also what you do at work more enjoyable. Mm, that's such a great point because you do hear a lot of stories around people returning to work after, particularly women returning after parental leave, and it's like um, it, it's so much easier at work. Yes. <laughs> and But then we're also hearing a lot, especially from the dads, how much they've just loved that. And and mums, There's I know there's a lot of mums out there that, really um relish that time with their children of course uh, but it's yeah it, it it's so important isn't it to really appreciate um that time at home because when we do like you said and we take that back to the workplace it just offers it just offers not just others but also uh, it, it's almost like we can enjoy our work more yes absolutely well. and the big the biggest um advice that I give and it comes from obviously you know clients teaching me about what works for them but it is about really just embracing the uncertainty of what caring requires because I think in in the world in which we live we're kind of pretty rigid we have you know some of us have sort of I don't know nine to five jobs that extend to sort of you know eight to seven jobs um, we do things at certain times we do this and then we have routines and we've sort of created that as a society and we kind of think that's the right way to be and that's the norm. Um, people who really thrive in caring roles, both men and women, go into it with no expectations and they're just going to kind of roll with the waves. Um, a female client was actually talking to me about before she went on leave and had her first child, she said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm not going to plan anything. I'm not going to make too many commitments. I'm just going to see what happens with this um, when this baby comes along. And, you know, it's probably a paradox when you let go of needing it to work and be fixed on how it, parenting or being a mum or dad should be, for example, or a carer. If you're able to just roll with it, you can then really enjoy each aspect and really enjoy the journey. And that was exactly her experience because she um, fully embraced just what whatever came along knowing that she'd be fine no matter what comes along and that's kind of the opposite into how we work especially in corporate world corporate land so it can be a big mental shift but when people make it you know it can be so powerful mm, I absolutely love that and you know to be able to do that whether you're if you say are, are caring for an elderly person and they're quite ill um, to be able to take that every day and not kind of get weighed down by those caring responsibilities and kind of burdens if yes. you like and and not have an expectation of how they're going to respond to you whether even if it's a child whoever and and kind of yeah go with that that's that's really quite gorgeous but I guess I wanted to bring it back to the that some dads feel with this shift that's going mm. on 
so bringing it to dads in particular, but even um, dads of, of uh, caring, for, uh, sorry, men caring for others, is that with the gender equality debate, sometimes it can feel like there's a pressure on men to do the super mum thing and suddenly become the, the super man. Yes, yes. Know? And and do it all. And it's it's not about that either. And I think that is a really important message when we're talking about this. It's not to place that expectation then on the fathers. And so that so them going into that not having huge expectations on themselves but embracing the that opportunity and that whatever that journey is gonna offer them. But and, and enjoying it, um, but also not carrying like they have for so many years the breadwinner kind of burden, um, not just, you know, translating that to another, you know, area of life, I guess. Yeah. Um, what could you, what would you offer to, um, men, you know, who may be feeling that? Look, I, it's such a great point because we can't help but be influenced by, um, all the equality campaigns, um, gender bias campaigns that we see in here, and 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 they're all done with good intention. Um, I guess what happens then is that we kind of think, okay, well, this is what a, a modern relationship should be, for example, or this is how we should share the caring, um, whether it be kids or older people, parents, whatever it may be. Um, and so it is tempting to kind of think, okay, well, that's right this is the version of right and correct or this is what works well where and I sort of mentioned it before I probably didn't explain it too well but um, I always talk to people around well actually you're an individual so if you and your partner for example if say a parent fell sick um, and as a man you said you both agreed that actually you know you're best to keep working full-time and your partner if they happen to be female um, took time out and to care for that parent full time, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So just because we talk about equality, um, needing more women to sort of, or men to share the load, which is obviously great overall, it doesn't matter if in, in an individual case um, that you decide to keep something that looks more traditional, nothing wrong with that at all. So I kind of always bring it back to what's the reality for your situation. My only advice to people is just to, Take some time for yourself to figure out what's truly important for you, um, what's success for you in terms of your life, your career, um, you as a carer, um, individually, um, if you're in a relationship, if you're, if you're, or on your own, if you're a single person who's caring for someone, um, and then what's going to make you happy and ensure the lines of communication are open and clear because if you're in touch with what's really important to you, you're open, you're not in a place of judgment or blame, then it doesn't really matter on a practical level what choices you make. Um, I think mm -hmm. what, what these campaigns are about is really that there's a lot of unconscious choices or, or that's probably the wrong word, but a lot of unconscious things that just happen, people fall into these roles because of expectation or they might fall into a new role because, oh, I should be able to do this. Um, some people will enjoy one perhaps more than the other or a bit of, or want a bit of both. So, again, nothing wrong with that as long as you're really clear about what's important for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, and, and I think when you when you start from that, it actually 
ends up being good for everybody involved. You know, it's it's like the whole the oxygen mask thing from the aeroplane, isn't it? If yeah. you if you give yourself oxygen first and then give it to your child or, or whoever else may need it. Totally. But without that oxygen you can't you can't function properly. So you need to be able to really know what it is that you need and Absolutely. Want. And then if you if you kind of everyone works to their ideal, what's ideal? What do I think is my ideal? Sometimes we can't have the ideal, but if we're communicating clearly about what we want, even if sometimes you can't have it in that moment, then it's easier then to accept what it is you can have. Obviously, there's financial constraints. Um, that might be a consideration for people. But if we're talking about it and being clear about it um, to ourselves or to our partners, whoever it may be, um, then we're able to accept things that perhaps weren't in our original ideal scenario, but we're able to accept it because we really understand the bigger picture. And then it becomes true acceptance as opposed to doing something but holding a grudge at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. It's so important, isn't it? Yeah, because often it, sort of, there can be blame and blame can come in and people think, well, you know, your career's taken off and mine's halted and all this sort of stuff. And it's often because those conversations never really happened on a deeper level. There's no real understanding of why decisions were made. We kind of fall into these roles. Um, yeah. And that's where it can, the problems can start. So, yeah, communication on all levels, isn't it? Communication with yourself first, being super honest. Communication um, and then when with that you can take it to your partner, to your workplace, to your colleagues, to your employer. Absolutely. Um, and, and, look, I would but, just yeah, add that, that busyness, um, you know, also known as stress, is a, is, is a thread that runs through a lot of what I see with people and what people tell me. They're so busy. Um, we work, 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 suddenly stop. If a baby comes along, you've got to be a carer or something happens perhaps with parents, there's a fall or health turn takes a turn or perhaps a, a kid with special needs comes along. You know, we go, 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 go and suddenly stop and we're supposed to be able to adjust to these scenarios that come up. Um, but if we're able to slow life down just a little bit, just 10%, regularly check in with ourselves, even when we're well and everything's going smoothly, if we're able to put in regular check-in points for our own well-being before we're even in a caring role, so if people are listening and they're not carers yet, or um, it it just allows you to then adapt better to the uncertainty that can come up in life, um, because often it's stress that can feed the poor communication. We're so busy, we don't really know what's important to us. How how if we don't know what's important to us, how can we? possibly communicate well with others if we're sort of unclear on what's important to us, as you kind of mentioned before, around communicating to yourself. Mm -hmm. So that the underlying threat of stress or busyness is always there and and that kind of needs to ha take a little bit of, of a shift first or some awareness around it of, of the impact of that before people can start to make that shift to better communication, figure out what's important to them, et cetera. Mm, they're really setting a solid foundation of self-awareness and self-care, um, whether you are already caring or are, you know, going into a caring role, having that with, with you will actually kind of feed you back when times are stressful and when the pressures do increase, which they do, you know, from time to time. 100%. quite often a up and down, isn't there? So it's, yeah, really giving yourself the best preparation for that 
as you can. Absolutely. And look, it cuts across all everything in life. You know, things come up. Um, even non-caring related, you know, stuff happens. Um, and the more we've checked in and built our foundation of well-being, of confidence, then we're we're better able to kind of bend and flow with the uncertainty and the changes of, 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 of that life brings. So it's just it cuts across all areas of life. Yeah, beautiful. I think that's a good place to end, Sam. Thank you so much for everything you've shared there. Um, that's, yeah, there's some really great stuff, I think, for for men to put in their toolbox. No worries. <laughs> of, of caring, their caring Absolutely. toolbox. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's such a good good topic to talk about. So, um, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. 